Hello, and welcome to Kraken's Cabin. You've been in this library all day, and I was thinking, well, it's a beautiful evening. So if you like, we could take a walk into the woods before the sunset. Wonderful. I filled this flask of coffee, and we can take it with us. There's a stream nearby, so let's head there. The renovations will be starting next week in the house. Nothing major. Shouldn't disrupt you in any way. There's a few bathroom refittings and getting an extension put on with the kitchen. If things go well, I don't want anyone to be going hungry or thirsty. And I figured I'd give some folks space so they could make their own food too if they wanted. Is there anything you'd like to see? Another bookcase for the main room. Sure, we could do that. Maybe we could ask visitors to sign some books for us too. A nice little memento of the occasion. It's an excellent idea. Thank you. So, I thought while we walk, I could share a story with you. I don't have the book, but I'll do this from memory. This is Rumpelstiltskin, from the Brothers Grimm. Once there was a miller who was poor but he had a beautiful dog. Now what happened, he had to go and speak to the king. And in order to make himself appear more important, he said to him, I have a daughter who can spin straw into gold. The king said to the miller, That is an art which pleases me well. If your daughter is as clever as you say, bring her tomorrow to my palace, and I will try what she can do. And when the girl was brought to him, he took her into a room, which was quite full of straw, gave her a spinning wheel and a reel and said now set to work and if by tomorrow morning early you have not spun the straw in the gold during the night you must die thereupon he himself locked up the room and left her in it alone so there sat the poor miller's daughter and for the life of her she could not work out what to do she had no idea how to turn straw into gold and she grew more and more miserable until at last she began to weep but all at once, the door opened, and in came a little man, and said, Good evening, Miss Miller. Why are you crying so? Alas, answered the girl, I have to spin straw into gold, and I do not know how to do it. What will you give me, said the mannequin, if I can do it for you? My necklace, said the girl. The little man took the necklace, sat himself in front of the wheel, with a whirr, three turns, the reel was full. Then he put another one on. Whirr, whirr, whirr. Three times round. And the second was full too. And so it went on until the morning, when all of the straw was spun, and all of the reels were full of gold. By daybreak, the king was already there. And when he saw the gold, he was astonished and delighted. But his heart only became more greedy. He had the miller's daughter taken into another room full of straw, which was much larger, and commanded her to spin that also all in one night if she valued her life. The girl knew she couldn't do it herself. 
She was crying again. And when the door opened and the little man appeared and said, What will you give me if I spin that straw into gold for you? The ring on my finger, answered the girl. The little man took the ring and again began to turn the wheel. By morning he had spun all of the straw into glittering gold. The king rejoiced beyond measure at the sight, but still he had not enough gold, and he had the miller's daughter taken into an even larger room, full of straw, and said, You must spin this too, on the course of this night, but if you succeed, you shall be my wife. And he thought, Even if she be a miller's daughter, I could not find a richer wife in the whole world. When the girl was alone, the mannequin came in again for the third time, and said, what will you give me if I spin the straw for you this time? I have nothing left that I could give, answered the girl. Then promise me, if you should become queen, your first child. Who knows whether that would even happen, thought the miller's daughter. And not knowing how else to help herself in this predicament, she promised the mannequin what he wanted. And for once more, he sat down and he spun all of the straw into gold. And when the king came in the morning and found all as he had wished, he took her hand in marriage, and the pretty miller's daughter became a queen. A year after, she had a beautiful child, and she never gave her thought to the mannequin. But suddenly, he came into her room and said, And give me what you promised. The queen was horror-struck, and she offered the mannequin all the riches of the kingdom if he would leave her the child. The mannequin said, Now, something that is living is dearer to me than all of the treasures of the world. Then the queen began to weep and cry, so that the mannequin pitied her. I will give you three days' time, said he. If by that time you find out my name, then you shall keep your child. So, the queen thought the whole night of all of the names that she had ever heard. And she sent a messenger all over the country to inquire far and wide for any other names that there might be. When the mannequin came the next day, she began with Casper, Melchor, Balthazar, and said all of the names she knew, one after another. But to every single one, the little man said, That is not mine. On the second day, she had inquiries made in the neighborhood as to the names of people there. And she repeated the names to the mannequin, the most uncommon and the curious. Perhaps your name is Short Ribs, or Sheepshanks, or Laceleg. But he always answered the same. That is not mine. On the third day, the messenger came back again and said, I have not been able to find a single new game. But as I came to a high mountain at the end of the forest, where the fox and the hare bid each other goodnight, I saw a little house. Before the house, a fire was burning, and round that fire... Quite a ridiculous little man was jumping. He hopped up on one leg and shouted, Today I bake, tomorrow brew. The night I'll have the young queen's child. Ha! Glad am I that no one knew that Rumpelstiltskin I'm style. You may think how glad the thing was when she heard that name. And when soon afterwards the little man came in and asked, Now, mistress, what is my name? At first she said, Is your name Conrad? No. Is your name Harry? No. Perhaps your name is 
Rumpelstiltskin. The devil has told you that. The devil has told you that, cried the little man. And in his anger, he plunged his right foot so deep into the earth that his whole leg went in. And then, in a rage, he pulled at his left leg so hard with both hands, he tore himself in two and died. I love how ridiculous some of these stories can be. They're so bloodthirsty. It's almost as if there needed to be some violence and ends to a monster in order for there to be a happy ending. I have another, if you'd like to hear it. We've a little while to go yet. This one is Rapunzel. There was once a man and a woman who had long in vain wished for a child. At length, the woman hoped that God was about to grant her desire. These people had a little window at the back of their house from which a splendid garden could be seen, and it was full of the most beautiful flowers and herbs. It was, however, surrounded by a high wall, and no one dared to go into it because it belonged to an enchantress named Dame Gothel, who had great power and was dreaded by all of the world. One day, the woman was standing by this window and looking down into the garden, when she saw a bed which was planted with the most beautiful rampion, and it looked so fresh and green that she longed for it, and had the greatest desire to eat some. This desire increased every day, and as she knew she couldn't get any of it, she quite pined away, and looked pale and miserable. Then her husband was alarmed and asked, What ails you, my dear wife? Ah, she replied, If I can't get some of the rampion, which is in the garden behind our house, I shall die. The man who loved her thought, Sooner than let your wife die, bring her some of the rampion yourself. Let it cost you what it will. So in the twilight of the evening, he clambered down over the wall into the garden of the enchantress, easily clutched a handful of the rampion and took it back to his wife. She at once made herself a salad of it and ate it with much delight. She, however, liked it so much, so very much, that the next day she longed for it three times as much as before. If he was to have any rest, her husband must once more descend into the garden. In the gloom of the evening, therefore, he let himself down again. But when he had clambered down the wall, he was terribly afraid, for he saw the enchantress standing before him. How can you dare, said she with an angry look, to descend into my garden and steal my rampion like a thief? You shall suffer for that. Answered he, let mercy take the place of justice. I only made up my mind to do it out of necessity. My wife saw your rampion from the window and felt such a longing for it that she would have died if she didn't get some to eat. Then the enchantress allowed her anger to be softened and said to him, If the case be as you say, I will allow you to take away with you as much rampion as you will. Only I make one condition. You must give me the child which your wife will bring into this world. It shall be well treated, and I will care for it like a mother. The man in his terror consented to everything, and when the woman gave birth, the enchantress appeared at once, gave the child the name of Rapunzel, and took it away with her. Rapunzel grew into the most beautiful child beneath the sun. When she was twelve years old, the enchantress shut her into a tower, which lay in the forest, 
and had neither stairs nor door, but quite at the top was a little window. When the enchantress wanted to go in, she placed herself beneath it and cried, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair to me. Rapunzel had magnificent long hair, fine as spun gold. And when she heard the voice of the enchantress, she unfastened her braided tresses, wound them round one of the hooks on the window above, and then her hair fell down twenty stories, and the enchantress climbed up by it. After a year or two, it came to pass that the king's son rode through the forest and went by the tower. There he heard a song, which was so charming that he stood still and listened. It was Rapunzel, who in her solitude passed her time in letting her sweet voice resound. The king's son wanted to go up to her and looked out the door of the tower but couldn't find one. He rode home, but the singing had so deeply touched his heart that every day he went out into the forest and listened to it. Once, when he was standing thus behind a tree, he saw the enchantress come there and he heard how she cried, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. Then Rapunzel let down the braids of her hair and the enchantress climbed up to her. If that is the ladder by which one mounts, I will go at once, try my fortune, said he. And the next day, when it began to grow dark, he went to the tower and cried, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. Immediately, the hair fell down, and the king's son climbed up. At first, Rapunzel was terribly frightened when a man such as him had appeared to her. But the king's son began to talk to her quite like a friend, and told her that his heart had been so stirred that he had no rest and he had been forced to see her. Then Rapunzel let her fear go, and when he asked her if she could take him for a husband, when she saw that he was young and handsome, she thought, he will love me more than Dame Gothel does. So she said yes, and led her hand in his, and said, I will go away willingly with you, but I do not know how to get down. Bring with you a skein of silk every time that you come, and I'll weave a ladder with it, and when that's ready, I'll descend. You can take me on your horse. They agreed that until that time he should come to her every evening, for the old woman came by day. The enchantress remarked nothing of this until once Rapunzel said to her, Tell me, Dame Gothel, how it happens that you're so much heavier for me to draw up than the young king's son. He's with me in hardly a minute. Ah, you wicked child, cried the enchantress. What did I hear you say? I thought I'd separated you from the world, and yet you've deceived me. In her anger, she clutched at Rapunzel's beautiful tresses, wrapped them twice around her left hand, seized a pair of scissors with the right, sniffed, they were cut off, and the lovely braids lay on the ground. And she was so pitiless that she took poor Rapunzel into a desert where she had to live in great grief and misery. On the same day that she cast out Rapunzel, the enchantress fastened the braids of the hair, which she had kept on the hook of the window. And in the evening, when the king's son came and cried, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. The enchantress let the hair down. The king's son ascended, but he did not find dearest Rapunzel. But the enchantress instead, who gazed at him with wicked and venomous looks. Ah, ha, 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 she cried, mocking. You would fetch your dearest. But the beautiful bird sits no longer singing in this nest, 
The cat has got it. And will scratch your eyes out as well. Rapunzel is lost to you. And you'll see her never more. The king's son was beside himself with pain. And in his despair he leapt down from the tower. But he escaped from with his life. The thorns into which he fell pierced his eyes. There he wandered quite blind about the forest. Ate nothing but roots and berries. And did nothing but lament and weep over the loss of his dearest wife. Thus he roamed about in misery for some years. At length he came to the desert where Rapunzel, with the twins to which she'd given birth, a boy and a girl, lived in wretchedness. He heard a voice, and it seemed so familiar to him that he went towards it. And when he approached, Rapunzel knew him and embraced him and wept. Two of her tears wetted his eyes, and they grew clear again, and he could see with them as before. He led her to his kingdom, where he was joyfully received, and they lived for a long time afterwards, happy and contented. And here we are. That's such a beautiful stream, isn't it? I think I've seen salmon go up here, but I don't think it's the season for it just yet. Thank you for spending some time with me tonight. We won't be able to stay for long. It's going to be getting dark soon. We don't want to be walking the same path in complete darkness. Well, I'm pretty sure the Brother Scream would have an issue with that if no one else. But thank you for spending this time with me. I appreciate you. And I hope you sleep well this evening. You deserve that.